Hi, this is Pastor David Cooper. Thank you for joining my podcast. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you. I also want to ask you to share the podcast with others. Together, we can make an impact in people's lives as we introduce them to the Word of God. Thank you for your partnership and ministry of the Mount Perrin family and our outreach. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you today. Let's talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit called the gift of discernment. Paul tells us about these amazing gifts of the Holy Spirit that God gives us to help us in life and ministry in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In verse 7 and verse 10, he says, Now to each one, that is to each person, to each believer, each Christian, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, to one person, there is given through the Spirit, distinguishing between spirits. J.K. Chesterton, the noted Christian apologist, cautioned that when people stop believing anything, they're prepared to believe everything. We live in a spiritual world as well as a natural world. Our natural eyes see with observation, but our spiritual eyes see with revelation. God gives us the gift of discernment, the distinguishing of spirits, to understand the true spiritual nature of people and events. There's always what's going on naturally, but there are also spiritual motivations at times. There's a deeper meaning often to circumstances of life. Now, what is discernment? Let's talk about the meaning of discernment. The word discernment used here is found three times in the New Testament, in Romans 14, verse 1, in Hebrews 5, 14, and right here. In Romans 1 and 14, Paul talks about those who are strong in faith and weak in faith, not to be judging each other. And that's kind of the word discernment means a sense of judging or evaluating. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, the writer of Hebrews talks about growing up in our faith and learning to live on what he calls the strong meat of the word and not just the milk of the word. You know, when we're babies, we come into the world living on milk. And when we become adults, we eat adult food. And so he likens our, our growth in the knowledge of God and spiritual nurture to getting off basic truths and learning deeper truths. And he says in Hebrews 5 and 14 that when you are on solid food of the word, that you're able to distinguish or discern, distinguish between good and evil. So discernment here is a sense of judging, evaluating. It is a sense of distinguishing between two things. What's right, what's wrong, what's true, what's not true, what's helpful, what's hurtful. It means to see clearly and to distinguish the reality of something or someone. Now, when we observe something, we look at it. When we discern something, we see through it. Think of it like that. Our natural eyes observe space and time and matter. But our spiritual eyes see through something, through a person sometimes, through an event, to the true nature of things. Now, the Bible tells us that Jesus discerned people's motives. In Matthew 9 and 4, it says that Jesus knew their thoughts. In John 2 and 24, it says Jesus knew what was in all people. In fact, it goes on to say that he didn't trust himself to anyone because he knew what was in people. It's not to say that he was cynical in his relationships. It means he was never manipulated by people because he knew where they were coming from. He knew their motive. You ever feel like somebody's giving you a sales job? You don't think they're really giving you the true answer? There's a conflict of interest? You feel like you're being manipulated? You feel that way because you are. When you see through something, you kind of know the motive. You know where people are really coming from. Jesus discerned spiritual needs of people. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 2, one of his first miracles when he was 
in Capernaum near where he had grown up. He was teaching. Everybody from the town came to hear him. They filled the whole house up and people were standing around the house. Well, there was a man in the town that was paralyzed. We had four friends put him on his mat and they couldn't get him to Jesus. They climbed up on the roof of the house and tore open a hole in the roof and took these ropes and lowered him on a mat. He's paralyzed. He's crippled. He can't walk. And Jesus looks at him and says, son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. He didn't even address his physical condition. Why? Because he saw through his true nature. There could have even been a spiritual root of that illness. We don't know. But Jesus didn't just observe, hey, this guy's on a mat. He needs to walk. He needed something greater. Jesus saw a greater need. He discerned more going on in that man's life. And that was the first blessing. Be of good cheer. Cheer up. Be encouraged. Your sins are forgiven. And then he went on to heal him. Pick up your mat and walk. And the man was healed. But he didn't deal with what he observed. He dealt first with what he discerned. Jesus discerned evil at work behind the scenes. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 and 20 through 23, this is a fascinating passage of Scripture. This happened shortly before Jesus ended his public ministry and went to the cross. He just asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? They said, Jeremiah, John the Baptist, Elijah, one of the prophets come back from the dead. He said, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. There, Peter had a moment of revelation himself into the true nature of Jesus. Well, then the Bible says Jesus began to tell his disciples how he had to go to Jerusalem, that he would be betrayed, that he would be tried by chief priests and religious leaders, that he would die and rise again on the third day. Peter could not handle what Jesus said, that he was headed for a time of suffering. He couldn't get his mind around that. Jesus said, I want to be crucified and rising. And he couldn't even comprehend that the powerful son of God would go through a season of suffering. And so he told him, Lord, this will never happen. This is not going to happen to you. Now, that's a lot of guts to tell Jesus he doesn't know what he's talking about. But he did. He did it because he loved him. He, he, lived, he did it because he lived in denial. He couldn't imagine suffering. But he said, this will never happen to you. And Jesus said, it's going to happen. And it says that he basically corrected Jesus. And the way Jesus said to him here in Matthew 16, 21 through 23 is stunning. I'm sure it stunned him. He looked at Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you do not desire the things of God, but the things of men. And I'm sure that shocked Peter. That's not saying that Peter was demon-possessed. It's not saying that the devil was talking through Peter. Peter was just being a, a man, a man who loved Jesus. A man who had a hard time with suffering, like many people do. When you tell him you're, you may go through a difficult time, nobody wants to hear that. But Jesus discerned another power at work in that moment telling him to avert the cross when he knew that was his destiny, the atonement of the sins of the world. He wasn't telling Peter that he was demonized, but he was speaking to the power in the room that nobody else saw. He realized there was more going on. There was a spiritual war going on. This is one of the reasons Peter later writes, years after this, when he writes his first letter at the end of it, 
In chapter 5, verse 8 of 1 Peter, he says, be on your guard, be alert, and self-control because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He wrote that because he knew what it felt to have the enemy influence him. He knew that there was an evil force giving him information in his mind that deceived him. And that's why the Bible says that you need to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And Peter realized that he was even being influenced by the wrong spiritual forces. But you see, Jesus saw through it. He didn't try to correct him and say, no, no, Peter, listen to me carefully. Let me explain this to you. I mean, how can you explain the crucifixion? I'm a preacher of the gospel. I spent my entire ministry trying to explain the crucifixion. It's beyond complete explanation to tell you that God used that means to provide an atoning sacrifice for the sins of the world. You have to come to a spiritual revelation of that. So you can understand Peter. He couldn't understand that. And Jesus didn't try to explain it to him. He told him it was going to happen. And Peter said, it's not going to happen. And Jesus realized the enemy was trying to keep him from his purpose. And so he rebuked the devil. He said, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. You desire the things of men, not the things of God. And he realized that he was always having to choose between the things of men, a life of ease, a life of pleasure, or here doing the will of God. But that is the gift of discernment. Jesus knew exactly what was going on in the situation. Paul the Apostle discerned demonic activity behind human manipulation. In Elimaeus the sorcerer, that's in Acts chapter 13, verse 4 through 12, is a time of great revival and people were being filled with the Holy Spirit. And Elimaeus the sorcerer came to Paul and said, give me the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that I can impart it to others. And Paul rebuked him. In fact, a, a dark cloud of mist came over Elimaeus that day. And he groped around in darkness and judgment because of what he'd done until deliverance came to him. Paul realized that man didn't want the gift of the Holy Spirit to minister to others. He wanted it to make himself a public figure. There are many people in ministry. They're not legitimate ministers, but they manipulate people all the time with fake miracles, fake demonstrations of the Spirit, sensationalism using it to get people's money or to get people to follow them and think there's something great. That was like Elimaeus the sorcerer. And he had judgment pronounced over him. Now, Paul had just been operating in this flesh and he said, oh, this is great. Elimaeus wants to be a minister. That's not what was going on. There are many people who aspire to the ministry that are manipulative people. And Paul discerned that, that his heart was not right, that his motive was not right. He was a sorcerer of all things. He put on these magic shows all the time to deceive people. Now he saw something else he could use. He saw true power, the power of God. He probably saw people speaking in tongues and prophesying with those signs that occurred on several occasions. He saw some evidence of something supernatural going on. He said, that's what I need in my arsenal. Not this is card trick I'm doing, this magic show I'm putting on. I, I need that real power. But Paul discerned that his heart wasn't right. Later when he... And Silas went to Philippi, and God directed him there to preach the gospel, and he started his ministry. He started off in just a group of uh, a house owned by a woman who had a great business, Lydia. They go down where people were praying and preach the gospel. There was a young girl there who was a fortune teller. You still have fortune tellers today. You can drive in many little towns and cities, and you'll see a, a house that somebody has a fortune teller sign out, a psychic, same thing. 
And so she started following them around. And she becomes a PR campaign, media director. She's telling everybody, these men are the servants of the Most High God. Listen to them. Now, who wouldn't want a media director? Who wouldn't want a PR director? And she did it for a while. Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 18. During the course of that, Paul got discernment. He didn't have it at first. She walked around with him for a little while, but then the gift of discernment came. And he turned to her and it says he rebuked the spirit in her. He didn't rebuke her, he rebuked the spirit. He said, come out of her. And at that point, she could never tell anybody's fortune. She had no insight of anything, not to say that the fortunes she was telling were accurate, but she convinced a lot of people and every businessman nearly in that town would use her to make their business decisions. But the day he rebuked that spirit in her, it was gone. She had no power. That's discernment. From the outside, it looks great. It looks like God sent you a media director. Hey, God sent us a PR person. Our ministry is going to be successful here. That's what many people would do because they look at things instead of seeing through them. I tell you these stories because all of us are susceptible to just listening to our own flesh, our own inclinations, our own emotions, and just looking at everything and saying, man, this looks great. Just because it looks great doesn't mean it is great. And that's where the dependency upon the Holy Spirit that says, Lord, help me to see the true nature of things here so that I'm not misled by what I see by observation. You also need to be led by what you see through revelation. And that is the gift of discernment. We all have a need for discernment. The dangers of deception reveal our need for divine discernment. People make poor decisions and detrimental effects occur when they are misled. They're satanic deception. John the Revelator called the devil, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray, Revelation 12 and 9. There's doctrinal deception. Matthew 24, 4 and 5, Jesus said in the last days, false prophets and false Christ will appear, deceive many people. He said, take heed that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and deceive many. Hebrews 13 and 9 says, do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. There's human deception. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3 and 4, Paul talks about how we can be misled by bad counsel, false marketing, and empty promises of people. He said, you can be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. And because there's all types of deception around us, we need the gift of discernment. So how do we measure this gift? How do we know when we have discernment? Let's look at a test of discernment, how we can practice and implement the gift and use it. Spiritual discernment is based upon answering key questions when you face deception or manipulation. You feel like you just don't know what all's going on. While the gift comes only from the Holy Spirit as a result of prayer and receptivity to Him, listening to Him, we can only find clarity when we ask some key questions. So when you're looking at situations in your life to help you begin to open yourself up to the, the revelation of the Holy Spirit, to the gift of discernment, when you're looking at anything, ask yourself, is it biblical? Anything that is not in accordance with Scripture is wrong. Acts 17 verse 11 tells us of the Bereans that they have of a more noble character than the Thessalonians because they listen intently to what Paul said, but they examine the scriptures daily to see if what Paul said was true. Examine the scriptures. Read your Bible for yourself. Make sure that anything you think is true is not proved false in the Bible. So many things today in the world, in our culture in America, especially, that things are just wrong. They're blatantly wrong in the eyes of God. They're harmful for people. 
And if Christians would just read their Bible, they go, you know, that's not biblical. That's not true. If it's not true, it's not going to benefit. The truth sets us free. Deception puts us in bondage. So ask yourself, is this biblical, what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, what I'm looking at? Does this line up with God's word? What does God's word even say about this issue? Second of all, does it glorify Jesus as Savior and Lord? Jesus said of the Holy Spirit in John 15 and 26, when the Spirit comes, he'll testify of me. Revelation 19, 10 says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Anything that's holy is going to glorify Jesus as Savior and Lord. Third of all, is it connected with the occult? The occult is very real. It's mentioned several times in the New Testament. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 20, it's called a work of the flesh, a work of the sinful nature. There is called witchcraft. It's the Greek word pharmakeia for pharmacy. It means enchantment with drugs because drug use is associated with the occult, and drug use opens people up to the demonic. That's why you see all types of problems that flow out of drug abuse. Most people in prison were on drugs or alcohol when they committed a crime out of their mind. First Timothy 4 and 1 speaks of doctrines of devils, demonic deception. Revelation chapter 18 and verse 23, again, John uses this word pharmakeia, the occult, the enchantment with drugs. Things that are associated with drug use, with the occult, with witchcraft, with astrology, with necromancy, trying to contact the dead. All of those things are an open door to demonic powers and influences in a person's life. Ephesians 4 and 27 says, do not give the devil a foothold. And many people don't realize that some of these things, these things are occultic. Like astrology is condemned many times in the Bible, in both Old and New Testaments. And so many people still read the horoscope. It's based on fiction. There's not an ounce of scientific or astronomical truth in it. But people open themselves up to the occult in ways, tarot cards, fortune telling. If anything's connected with the occult, stay away from it. Ask yourself, does it motivate commitment to Jesus? Second Corinthians 11, 3 and 4, I referenced this earlier. Does it lead me away from my sincere and pure devotion to Jesus? What you're involved in, is it leading you away from Jesus? Is it weakening your sincere and pure devotion to Jesus? If it is, then you need to discern that that is unhealthy and unholy. And finally, does it glorify God? First Corinthians 10 and 31, the ultimate test of discernment. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. These questions, when we ask ourselves these questions, is it biblical? Is it associated with the occult? Does it bring me closer to Jesus? Does it honor God? These simple questions will help you discern the true nature of things so that you're not just observing things outwardly. You are discerning things inwardly to the true nature of things. And that discernment will bless you and keep you and protect you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for the great power of the Spirit of God within us. I pray that you'll give us the gift of discernment. I pray for your people that we will grow in discernment to see through things according to the truth and not be misled in Jesus' name. Thank you for sharing this study with me. It's a great study on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm learning so much myself again as I study the Scripture and God shows me new insights about the importance of these gifts in our lives. Subscribe to the Sermon Podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe and share it with others as well so that we can be a minister of the Word of God to as many people as we can. Go online today, check out the Mount Perrin site or your app. Look at all the new things coming up in the church. We've got a lot of great events and ministries coming up as well. Sunday's coming. I'm looking forward to seeing you and your family in worship. We're going to have a great day together. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. 
Thank you for joining me today as we've shared together the Word of God. Let me ask you to download the Mount Perrin Church app today so that we can stay connected and you can see all the great services and resources available for you and your family. Follow me on social media and also the Mount Perrin Church family. I look forward to seeing you in church to worship on campus and online. God bless you. Have an incredible day.